Welcome in to the Texan Overtime Podcast. I'm Trenton Dashner, your sports editor of the Daily Texan and host. Joined as always by Ty Horka, our associate managing editor, Alex Brasenio, our associate sports editor, and we are joined by our special guest, Dalton Phillips, basketball beat writer. He's in to talk some hoops this week, uh, for this podcast today. It's been a while since we've had the Texan Overtime Podcast because we had spring break. So we obviously couldn't do it then. Last week, myself and Ty were out at the WGC Dell Technologies match play all week at Austin Country Club covering it. So we, you know, we just scrapped the podcast that week, unfortunately. But this week we're back. We're ready to talk some Texas sports. A lot of stuff that we have missed lately. Baseball teams won seven of their last eight, and they are now 16-10 and 10 on the season. That had a bit of a rough stretch before that winning streak, but now it looks like David Pierce has things um, kicking into gear with the baseball team. Softball team is also... Um, Picked it up lately. They've won four in a row. They had a game canceled Tuesday night against Stephen F. Austin, but looks like Connie Clark has that team going in the right direction after a really sluggish start to the season. They're now 16 and 13, above 500. At one point, they were below 500. Over spring break, women's basketball team lost in the Sweet 16 to UCLA in Kansas City. Our writer Justin Martinez was there. Um, Karen Aston's bunch, a little bit of a difficult end to the season. Um, you know, that team probably had Final Four aspirations with all the the talent and and the experience that they had, but so the season cut a little bit shortly, I think, for Karen Aston's bunch. We were trying to have Justin or Drew King, our women's basketball writers, on the day, but they could not make it. And, of course, um, sadly, Augie Garrido passed away, former um, Texas baseball coach, legendary baseball coach, and, and the winningest coach in college baseball history. He passed away over spring break. And so that was also um, a bit of a sad development in the Texas sports world. But moving quickly along, we're here to talk. This is basically a men's basketball podcast today because there has been some stuff happening with men's hoops since, you know, obviously they lost in Nashville in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Dalton, you were there in Nashville to cover the, um, cover the game. You know, disappointing loss for Texas, obviously. Um, that team, Shaka, they definitely needed probably to get an NCAA tournament win. Um, to, you know, just kind of make that program feel good about itself because they hadn't won an NCAA tournament game during Shaka's three years. Um, and now, recently, the whole roster uh, is jumping ship, it seems. <laughs> so, and that, you know, some of that was expected, but, you know, others, a little bit surprising here um, in recent developments. So, um, just to recap, obviously, after the loss in the NCAA tournament, um, Mo Bamba declared for the draft. No surprise there. We all knew Mo Bamba was out. But then, you know, we had some interesting developments with Jacob Young <laughs> announcing his uh, decision to transfer. Then James Banks uh, just yesterday said he's electing to transfer. And just yesterday, Eric Davis also said um, that he's turning pro. And Eric Davis obviously was, you know, his career was in limbo due to the um, federal investigation um, that implicated him in the Yahoo Sports report. And, you know, Texas decided to sideline him for a while. So long story short, Davis out, Young out, Banks out, Bamba out, and oh, by the way, Kerwin Roach said he's testing the waters at the NBA draft combine. He still could come back if he doesn't hire an agent, but there's also likelihood he does go to the draft. So Texas's roster is getting flipped on its head. Dalton, let me get your quick reaction to all that. Yeah, like you said, it's been uh, quite a few off-season developments, but I think uh, at if you're a Texas fan, you're actually pretty optimistic about the future. I think the biggest thing is you've got two guys, two four-year players that are going to be the foundation for this Texas program, and that is Matt Coleman 
and Jay and Sims. These two guys are incredible talents who are we going to see a huge leap between their freshman and sophomore seasons. And I think we knew Eric Davis was gone, was gone or at least done as soon as that report went live. Mm-hmm. We knew already that Bamba was gone. Jacob Young has been terrible all season, and <laughs> no, everyone false. has been critical false. of him all whole career. Season. Yeah, Jacob Young looked a lot better down the stretch. I had think two good games, probably. Anyone who has been following the, the this season, the whole season, is happy to see Jacob Young gone. And I, I don't, <laughs> not, I do not yeah, think man. he was going to be a big contributor going forward. James Banks, I mean, probably played, Ooh, yeah. didn't really play a yeah. whole lot this season. And I think no. the pieces that we're getting for the first time, basically since Shaka's been here, we're getting a huge, long, athletic wing, a proper small forward. We got a six-six guy coming in, right? He's a high-ranked recruit. We got a couple other wings coming. In. I think this next team is going to be deeper, it's going to be reloaded, and I think it's going to be less reliant on this one-and-done prospect of Bamba, right? There's going to be... you, And this kind of hinges on Kerwin Roach coming back, which I really do think he will. And if he does, I think they were going to have a better record, be a more consistent team overall. I got some questions. So, so yeah, we, 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 well. will, we will debate this because, you know... Dalton walked into the office uh, spewing this take, and I was like, wow, didn't know you felt this way. We'll, we'll get into this <laughs> on the know podcast. Anybody. But, I mean, you just go down the roster here. I mean, okay, James Banks out. Uh, Andrew, Jones is, Andrew Jones is in limbo. You know, right. assume, you know we're hoping that he— Optimistic you know, that he'll make a return. Hoping, hoping that he progresses and certainly a possibility. In his, in his recovery. It's definitely a possibility, I think, if his— you know, recovery progresses along as it's right. expected it, 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 to. It, it seems, seems to be doing well. He could come back next season. You Absolutely. Know, I, if I, I mean, it's a long off season. Who knows? Who knows? Right, who's next? Who knows what happens with Andrew Jones? You're left with Matt Coleman. Mark. You're left with Matt Coleman in the backcourt along with uh, Jason Febris. and Febris. Roach could leave. I'd say that's 50-50. I think he's back. I don't think it's 50-50. I don't think it's 50-50. It could be 50-50. I, think I don't think he's. Maybe mm-hmm. the scouts will humble him at the, at the they will. draft. <laughs> I think so. Um, you're losing. Obviously, you, let, you lose Bamba. You've let, you've lost Davis. You lose Banks. These are you know bodies that you're losing, and the roster is depleted. Oh, by the way, you lose Joe Schwartz and Ryan McClure. <laughs> oh, um, that's huge. <laughs> that is huge. Heartbeats. But I mean, just a prelim- just a preliminary franchise. look at the starting lineup next year. You got Matt Coleman, Jace, Jace Febris, I imagine Roach if he comes back. You've got Dylan Osikowski and uh, and Jericho Sims, but you've got no bench. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have many guards, and you know the recruiting class. You've got Gerald Liddell, Kamaka Hepa, Jackson Hayes, and Brock Cunningham, Westlake High School guy. They're all forwards, um, so you know their guard play is, is taking a big hit. I mean, I think I think losing Eric Davis Jr. was significant. I I think you guys are overstating the value of Jacob Young, and I think if Andrew Jones comes back, the guards that are will be in rotation will be effectively the same as they were this year. I think the only, the only guards that got really heavy minutes anyway were just a, a couple of guys. They only ran like seven deep this year. So I, in terms of depth, I don't think it's going to be a dramatic change. I think Sims is every bit the offensive player that Bamba is. That's and a, I think yeah. the I like only Sims. thing they're losing is going to be his blocks and his yeah. ability mm-hmm. to contest at the rim. But Sims is so unbelievably athletic, and Shaka is already a defensive-minded coach that they're going to have no problem yeah. at that end. Jones coming back would be huge. Um, Jones coming back would be yes, it's, that would you know, change the season again. We we don't he is we don't know he if, is an NBA talent. Yes, we don't know how realistic um, that is right now. But him coming back would be you know a major boost, obviously. And then you know obviously the guard play is not an issue. Um, Ty, Alex, let me get your reaction sort of to 
just kind of the end of the season, how it how it finished for Texas, and looking ahead with you know all these roster departures. I mean, you know, the, the sad news is I didn't watch the game until the second half. I got stuck in the, traffic, the so I missed the entire game. first yeah. half. But they're up by what fourteen? Yep, we're up fourteen in the second half. And it was just such. I mean, it was just same song, different verse. <laughs> I mean, Mo Bamba fouls out. Right. They Mo go into play. overtime. And they lose. I mean, how many times that happened uh, against Duke? How many overtime games did Texas play this year, Dalton? I think it's seven or eight. Seven. <laughs> yeah. well, so. You can't go into overtime without Mobamba and expect to win. Yeah. I mean, yeah. especially with a team like Nevada that dropped how many? I mean, th- that was the third. Oh. That was I think that was the third highest scoring overtime yes. in the yes. history of the tournament. What was the final score? Oh, I don't remember it, off the top of my head. They were six for six in overtime. It was they bad. didn't miss a single and shot. And so, but. I mean, it's just... 87-83. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what you get with this team that you had. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, you wouldn't expect anything less. But my question to you is, I mean, you use the word optimistic, and I don't think I've ever heard that word used this season, or at the end, since the end of the season. Uh, my question is, how long do you think Shaka Smart can go without oh. winning a tournament game? Okay, well, well, okay, we, we'll, we'll save that question. No, 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 no but no, I do we'll think, save okay, that for I, a little I'm bit. not going to address that, but I do think... Let me get reaction real quick. Okay, okay, just, okay, okay. Just the end of season I do want to address and, that. And the roster departures. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. We're talking X and O's here, but my thinking is Shaka Smart came here to kind of revamp a culture. Rick Barnes, at the end of his tenure, you know, these guys, they didn't really have an identity. You know, Shaka Smart comes here to create an identity, you know, Havoc, all this, whatever you want to say. And they really haven't established much of anything. And now you got all these guys wanting to leave, you know, albeit, like you said, Jacob Young, not a huge loss. James Banks, not a huge loss. But why is it that these guys are wanting to leave when it seems like playing time is there for the taking because you have a lot of guys who aren't really kind of coming out and owning the court. So playing time is there, but nobody can really get on the court. And when they are on the court, they're not doing much of anything. So Shock Smart's been here for three seasons now, and he hasn't established an identity. And the culture of this team, like, people don't want to be here when Shock Smart came here for people to, you know, to get these big recruiting classes and to win games in March. Haven't done any, either of those yet. And that's, a, that's a fair point, you know, because with Davis gone, and, you know, again, we don't know, um, and, you know, Andrew Jones' future. We don't know what his future is going to be. You know, there, there are... There is some PT there no. for the take-in. If you're James Banks, you leave. Okay, no, I'm not talking about James Banks. I'm talking about Jacob Young, especially the way he played at the end of the season. You and just he, and he still doesn't feel like he can play here. I don't, y'all I don't just y'all y'all, y'all just said he didn't have a single good game this season. He had two I, good I games. He, he had, had two good games. One of which against West Virginia. He's wildly inefficient, right? Yeah. He's wildly. like he's like Russell Westbrook without the like transcendent athleticism, <laughs> right? He's so consistently out of control he can't and shoot. so consistently making the wrong play. Shaka doesn't trust the him. The joke, yeah. the joke I made. During the tournament, was that James Banks and Jacob Young have their transfer papers in their backpack? Yeah, <laughs> behind the bench. We knew they were gone. I think the question here is: I don't think it's a matter of personnel. I think Shaka Smart has established a culture, and he is a coach that is all about like a, a very hands-on kind of loving approach. He's not the kind of guy who's going to ride his players. You know, who and that that's why you like? saw Charlie Strong. <laughs> okay. And that's what, why what a great guy. I but... think I think people know where this is going, but we're about to go there. Yeah. But keep, continue, but, continue. And, I mean, I think that's why you saw Dylan Osakowski towards the end of the season. He got like stockier. He got out of shape. You saw in that NC tor- double tournament game. Yeah, he was slow. He couldn't rotate on any of his defensive possessions. He was getting beat back door. And I think that's part of that is Shaka not riding his guys hard enough. You talked about 
the, the previous coach had too much of that, right? He was mm -hmm. always on them, no love, and they just actually quit on him. They said, like, we're not going to play anymore. Right. But now I think Shaka, by not pushing hard enough, is not getting the best out of his players. And I think that's more of my concern going forward and less of does he have the pieces to make a run. Mm -hmm. Well, it still kind of comes down to does he have the pieces that fit into that culture that you just talked about. Right. How he's going to let the guys do whatever they want and love them and everything. I think but, uh, he's going he to have guys? to tweak that. I okay. think he's going to have to take a hard look and say, okay, wh where are, are the p times I need to push really hard while in this culture that he's building of like a fatherly relationship? And he talks about that all the time. He says coaches are like fathers, you know? And I, I think that's a good place to start. But I think all the great coaches know sometimes you got to ride the guys. Sometimes you got to run them really hard. You got to strike that balance. I don't think before Shaka came to Texas, he was ever in a situation where he really had to ride him because right. it was a little easier to win games at VCU. Oh, yeah. and, and then when you go to the Final Four, you you have that street cred to where you know you can do it your way. Now that he's at Texas, playing in one of the best conferences in the nation. The expectations, right? Oh yeah, I absolutely agree. So it's um yeah, it's going to be interesting. So just ex let's move to just evaluating this season as a whole okay um with there were things that happened you know you you had the unfortunate devastating circumstance with andrew jones being diagnosed with leukemia and that's that was arguably texas's best player at that point second leading scorer on the team and he's basically gone for the year then you get mo bamba hurt late in the season that could have derailed texas's ncaa tournament hopes there were multiple factors working against this team this year they had a very uh short bench was you know and obviously you lose to nevada in the ncaa tournament first round considering everything that happened this year was the season a disappointment all in all just go around the table here i think was it a disappointment as it's almost like nothing went right for texas but i think right. all things considered yes it still was a disappointment mostly because looking at their final performance how much of a letdown that was that in turn kind of cascades to the rest of the season in my opinion I agree. I mean, the thing that we're going to remember most is that last game. Yeah. A collapse. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, this doesn't really hold water and it doesn't really mean anything, but they're lucky that they didn't have to play a first four game. Mm. Yeah. Because I think they would have lost that. <laughs> they could have drawn Syracuse and they would have gotten destroyed by Syracuse. <laughs> it's true. So, I, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with what Dalton said. And this is with any sport. And that's how sports goes. We remember the last thing we see and the last product we see. And the last thing we saw was a collapse. Well, I think it's a heck of a disappointment because, yeah, you're going to remember that Nevada game, but I don't think a lot of people are going to forget that that Nevada game was a microcosm for the entire season. Yep. Yeah. They collapsed late in games all year long, and, yeah, you're not going to remember some random game in February, but when you go back and look, yeah, it was the exact same thing that happened against Nevada, and, you know, fans, that doesn't sit well with fans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it was a disappointment. You, I mean, you sort of backed your way into the NCAA tournament, um, look, again, there were circumstances throughout the year that um, were not, you know, pushing this team towards success. But still, they got them into the NCAA tournament. You're, you have a favorable draw against Nevada, I think. And Cincinnati. And you have a favorable draw. You're, uh, you play some of the best basketball you have all season for about 25 minutes of that game-ish, give or take. You have a 14-point lead in the second half, and you just completely wet the bed. I mean, you know, uh, you know, short bench or not, seven players that you're playing or not. I mean, Kansas has been playing seven players all year long. Um, you got to close the deal, and I think it was a complete disappointment. Um, so let's just transition now. Shaka 
three years here on the 40 acres two NCAA tournament appearances but has not won an NCAA tournament game obviously had the disastrous season last year where he won 11 games um, look Texas fired Rick Barnes because he could not make deep uh, NCAA tournament runs toward the end of his career um, Rick Barnes in his last three years I mean 2012-13 season they went, they went to the CBI couldn't even make the NIT 13-14 um, season they made it to uh, the second round of the tournament and then 14-15, they got bounced in the first round. So, I mean, that, that's why, ultimately, as much success that Rick Barnes had here at Texas, um, not being able to make you know deep runs, as Texas sort of expects now with their program, that's what kind of did Rick Barnes in. And now look at Shaka Smart. We're sort of back to um, the end of Rick Barnes' era. You could argue maybe a little bit even worse. So, guys, should Shaka Smart be on the hot seat in year four? I think it's a valid question. Uh, I mean... <laughs> If you ask me, yeah, he's already on the hot seat. But, I mean, there are going to be people say, let's see how this next season goes, and that's basically the yeah. bottom line, you know. Yeah. If Texas is in this same position this time next year, then, yeah, Shaka Smart is either on the hot seat or, you know, he has no chair to sit on at all. He might be gone. <laughs> the question I asked five, ten minutes ago was, how much time do you think he has left? And I I said, I mean, I think everybody said here that well, if they can't win a tournament game this past season – he has one more yeah. year. And maybe a better question is, how much time should he be given? Right. Well, I think it's kind of it's kind of tricky because it, it he's, he's losing all these guys, so you expect right. him to have a better season next year. But when you look at his roster right now, like how can you logically expect him to have a better season next year? So if he doesn't have a better yeah. season, then <laughs> should he be fine? It's weird. Yeah. You know? Well, and yeah, say I mean, look at last season. Like, I don't think last season, you know, they went 11 and 22 and were awful. Um even so, I mean, the roster was garbage because they lost so many guys from his, um, his first year. So, you know, it's hard, just, to, it's it, hard to evaluate your expectations. point, though. His first year, most of those guys were Rick Barnes players, and that was, yes. the, that was the best yes. season he had. Yes. Isaiah that, Taylor, Jonathan Holmes, Carnal Lammer. Cam Ridley for a while before he got hurt. Um, Prince eBay, you know, guys yeah. like those guys. Those are all Barnes guys, absolutely. I think, I mean, I would say he has one more year, and, I mean, if they don't win a tournament game, yeah, I, that's, I think that's it. Yeah, I think yeah. The, I think fans are going to call for the hot seat before the university starts looking at it because I think yes. they really yeah. are a fan of Shaka and I think yeah. they do believe. I think he's got two more years. I think he can have one more bad season and then at the end of next year he'll be, he'd be by gone. bad. Do you mean what are we talking bad here? Okay, uh, <laughs> don't win an NCAA tournament game. I think at Texas to yeah. be considered good, you got to win. Oh, at what least if one they hit. don't make the tournament? Yeah, if oh, they miss, they, you don't yeah. make the tournament next no, year. No, I don't think they'd fire him if they miss the tournament. It's also sort of weird. You expect Texas to win an NCAA tournament game, but I don't think they've made it to the Sweet 16 in a decade. They have not. Not since. I'm not asking for the Sweet 16. I'm asking for the round of 32. They, they haven't made it. They haven't made it. Expectation. Yeah. yeah. All, I mean, that's what Texas fan wants. They have not made it. Yeah, since 07, yeah, 08. And they, you know, they went to the Elite Eight that year. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to kind of measure your expectations for Texas basketball and the program, I think, because, I mean, I think there's different types of Texas basketball fans. Um, I think that the program has a lot of potential. I agree. But, and a lot of untapped potential. They have a lot of I young think players. It does. I, th- I do think it does. When Kevin Durant's donating $3 million out of his own pocket to your um, basketball program. You would program, think that, that would win you, you would, one tournament. You would think that'd be good enough for a tournament victory. To beat Nevada. Uh, yeah. But, Please. you know, the problem is, six, is seven roster. you know, Texas seems to get these elite players, but lately, you know, none of these guys really seem to have panned out. I mean, look at Eric Davis, Kerwin Roach. What have they done? Those I mean, Kerwin Roach, Shaka Smart's core no. guards those, for his system. Kerwin Roach looked pretty. 
Kermit Roach, Roach had a. He's gonna have a really good senior season. I mean, he dropped. Probably goes back. He's Kermit coming. Roach looks good. He was great in the Nevada game. I would, I would not categorize Kern Roach with Eric Davis. He was great. No, he was great. Not he was even great close. in the Nevada game. And Tevin yeah. Mack was also kind of a part of that group who obviously, um, you know, left yeah. the program. But I mean, if you don't, I, mean, I think Matt Coleman's gonna pop. Matt like, Coleman, I think, is a great and player. I think Jericho Sims, we're actually just scratching the surface. Yes. He's gonna have an entire off yes. season of just building muscle and working on right. footwork. Right. He's gonna come back so much better. He was playing at a one A school this time last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's unbelievable. He's yeah. gonna be really. really and you good. get Dylan O back. Um, right. Hopefully who tailed off? Who, who, who uh, tailed off at the end of this? Um, you know, mid to the end of the season. But who I think is a very versatile like player. Um, he he just has these games where he yeah late shoots in the season like he was not good. Five percent. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if if they don't make the tournament next year, I think. Oh man. That's it. That might that may be enough to fire Shaka, and I I really like Shaka, and I want it to work out here for him because you know I think he's a very you know just kind of he's 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 a great personality he's a, he's you know and he's he's a guy that you're drawn to you know is but but man like you missed the tournament twice in four years and like that's that's not progress from from Barnes I don't think it's kind of weird his to me his tenure hinges on. Whether or not Andrew Jones fully recovers yeah. from well, yeah. cancer and makes it back onto the court, and whether or not Kerwin Roach stays, because those are two could really good argument. guards oh, that yeah. would. If they lost both, it would be yeah, it's detrimental. And they have no guards in this recruiting class um, coming in, and so no. much was made of the recruiting class yeah, that came in so the previous season. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have two I think he, I think they got to make the NCAA tournament next year. They have to. They, yeah. they have to. Um, but, you know, again, look, like I said, I think there are different types of Texas basketball fans, and it's like, you know, what are your expectations for this program? Um, so, any final thoughts, Dalton, on the season? You, you you endured one heck of a season. That was quite a ride. Yeah, it was certainly a roller coaster. They had some unbelievable highs, um, but and, I think, yeah. like you said, ultimately, you saw the problems. The symptoms were there the entire season, yeah. especially early on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, as you mentioned, some – tremendous highs like you know the win over tcu in double overtime um yep. you know the, upsetting oklahoma the twice was, yeah the, which that. didn't really turn out into much no 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 um tcu lost in the first no. round oklahoma lost in the at first the time round. at the time they were incredible highs were but huge. you know you also had some incredible lows and, and the season ended on an incredible low um, talk about disappointing seasons oh you <laughs> jeez i mean they didn't belong in the tournament then they eventually lost to Rhode Island. I mean, that's even more... That's for another podcast. <laughs> that's an even more disappointing... Now we're done with basketball. <laughs> Screw this. I'm not talking about basketball until next year. Well, yeah. I mean, we are done with basketball now, which is crazy. Um, next podcast, we'll, pro- we'll likely have um, our baseball and softball writers on um, because, you know, the... Co- collegiate sports season's kind of winding down here. Congrats to so. swimming and diving. Yes, we forgot to mention another yep. national championship. Yep. 14th four. straight title for Eddie Reese and the men's swimming and it's diving clockwork. team. clockwork. Yep. Um... And Eddie Reese didn't seem too happy about how his team performed. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm disappointed. I mean, he's a champion. 14th championship, but didn't execute. Didn't execute. It's crazy. That's all we have time for today. Special thanks to JT Lindsay and the podcast department, as always, for producing this. Um, download the Texan Overtime podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure to follow The Daily Texan at The Daily Texan and Texan Sports at Texan Sports on Twitter. Make sure to check out DailyTexanOnline.com to read up every you know on every – UT sports thing that you want. We got great coverage up there. Um, as always, for myself, Ty, Alex, and Dalton, thanks for tuning into the Texan Overtime Podcast. We will be back next week.